This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee, hand-roasted coffee from the foothills of California's gold country. Online at carolinescoffee.com. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 132 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is a rebroadcast of an episode that our our listeners must have loved. It came in number two uh, during the 2016 season. Yes. Um, this was homeschooling with multiple ages. Oh, and I know this is a perennial topic at homeschool conventions or just around homeschoolers, Fletch, because so many of us are wondering, how do I do this with my older kids and still chase the toddler around the kitchen? Hey, do you know who our guests were on this one? Yes, I do. It was you and me. Right. <laughs> we just shared a lot of our own stories. So why don't we head to that interview and we'll be right back when it's over. Fletch, when we began homeschooling, I had a four-year-old and a two-year-old and a newborn and uh, had to figure this out. Like, how do we homeschool uh, an oldest child who was starting kindergarten and needed to learn to read? And then I had this busy, busy, busy toddler and a newborn baby. So that really is the impetus for so many things that um, God has allowed me to do in terms of ministering to other homeschooling moms, the Preschoolers in Peace blog, the Circle Time book, because as we've had to figure it out in our own home, I can turn around and say, hey, I've walked this road, you know, let me give you some tips and throw out some, (laughs) just a lifeline, I think, along the way. Yeah, and if you're a brand new listener, when we say walk the road, our oldest is 23, Uh Uh, Hayden is 23, everybody's heard about him. Uh, He graduated a few years ago, and so we had an entire, from kindergarten through high school graduation, homeschooler in our home, and then seven brothers and sisters behind him. Yeah. So when we talk about walking the road... we didn't just figure this out last year. This no. isn't a lot of these resources aren't brand new. Uh, no. You've been doing the one room schoolhouse idea you mm-hmm. know, for a long the, you know, time. A lot of people picture from uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder on TV. Well, that's way more organized. But a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people think that they think yeah. like, how do you school everybody right at the same time? But that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So um, we, when I think what we're doing is throwing down our creds. Like, like we are credible homeschoolers because we've done this for so long. Like a lot of you have done this for so long. So when we're talking about homeschooling multiple ages, where do we start, Kench? Well, I think right away, you guys have got to know that if you don't have kids under your control, it's not going to work. So you've really got to spend those early years and that time establishing your authority um, in their lives. And that doesn't mean, you know... Everybody toes the line and it's a well-oiled machine and, you know, all that stuff. It certainly means you can't deal with chaos. You can't deal with chaos. You've really got to get that oldest child knowing that when you say, hey, it's time to sit down and work on math, even if that child's complaining, because I'll tell you, most of them will, (laughs) but that child is going to sit down and obey you. So that's right where we need to begin. Um, And I would just encourage you, if you don't know how to do that, Find someone who can help you. Um, uh, there's, you know, lots of great parenting books out there that can give you some tools and tips on how to, how to train a kid to hear your voice and recognize you as their shepherd and their leader. It sounds like homeschooling is not for weaklings. It's not. It's really not. Because it's more than just reading books and stuff. You you need some authority. You like do. a teacher needs to establish. They'll say the first couple weeks are just 
I'm the teacher, you're the students, these are the class rules, right? That's right. That's right. And so part of that is going to be establishing some sort of a schedule or a flow chart or the way the day has to go. And look, what mom says goes, goes. Now, obviously there's going to be a dirty diaper in there. (laughs) You know, there's going to be a child who wakes up throwing up. There's going to be any number of things that gets thrown into there. And I always, yeah. The mothers and mother-in-laws that show up in the middle of the uh, school day. Well, yeah. Because again, I say this, you don't show up in the middle of a public school teacher's classroom and say, hey, I meant to ask you about dinner plans tonight. (laughs) Right, right. And they're like, I'm teaching, Um, but I'll stop for you. Exactly. Sorry. And then have to get everybody back on track. And I know we have readers or listeners who are groaning because that's been their experience. Is this kind of the idea of having a plan then? Like having an actual plan? Absolutely. So listen up. You've got to have some sort of a backbone, some sort of a schedule, like I said, a flow chart. That's what works really a little better in our home is a general, okay, guys, after breakfast, we're going to get our chores done. After we get chores done, we're going to sit down together and do our circle time, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, okay, after that, you're going to start math. You're going to read with mommy. You're going to you know, play in the play yard. Whatever that is for you, you've got to have a plan. And the dirty diapers, diapers will happen. You know, the throwing up kid will happen. Um, well, I had a dog throw up in the schoolroom one time. That was a lovely mess to clean up. You know, I mean, like life happens. Um, those things will happen. But if you've got something to fall back on or something that is your backbone yeah. every single day, um, you're, you're going to find far more success than if you just try to do it by the seat of your pants. Seems to me I can remember days, you know, when we were using spreadsheets for all this. Like yes. you would send me these multicolored spreadsheets. And Beautiful. it was like, Beautiful. this is Kendra's love language. Her love language is <laughs> organization. Is, like yeah. every kid had a column. And there were times where like, and maybe you're going to get into this, but like, hey, big kids, um, mom's going to be working with this one. So yeah. I need you to be with this kid. Yeah, we did quite a lot of that. Um, and, I, you know, our philosophy has never been with a big family that older kids need to parent or we've never done the pairing up thing. We've never, I've just felt very, very strongly that I'm the mom. You're the dad. We chose to have these children. We, you know, we are the ones God has placed over them. And I don't need my 12 year old to parent. I don't want them to parent and have that burden. And part of that is we've seen a lot of bitterness from kids that graduate and get out and they say, you know what? I'm not doing, I'm not doing family. I'm not doing it again. Yeah, absolutely. And so that was just a real mindset for us of saying, we don't want to put that on our kids. On the other hand, that's a beautiful way for um, older kids to learn to help out in a family. And so, I mean, I, it's, it's been fun to see older kids like, you know, put a little one in a stroller and go take a walk around the property, you know, or spend time with them playing Legos. Come read with me. Yeah. All those things. That happens now. And, and, you know, Fletch, here's the fun thing all these years later, last night, our 23 year old and our 15 year old, a, a son and a daughter were texting each other, trying to figure out the best time that they could go see uh, the Broadway show Hamilton together <laughs> and, you know, how to pool their money and get the best seats they could for the money they had. This is a 23-year-old guy and his 15-year-old sister. They have a common thing they love. They grew up, you know, he grew up pushing her in a stroller, playing with her, yeah. reading to her. And so we've watched really great relationships develop um, during those times as well. So don't be afraid to do that. So you have backbone, you have an organization. What is the next step? Well, I think the next step really is to figure out what you can do with your little ones awake, right? Because there are these hours of the day that wandering toddlers and babies are awake. And so it's really hard to get stuff done. So what can you do while they're awake? And this is going to look different in every home. It's going to look different in different seasons. Um, but that, that would be the next step. Can I ask just a quick question then? Cause I want to break this in. 
it's different every season. I've seen you make grand plans mm-hmm. for the school year, mm-hmm. and the next week it's all been canned. And you're going to try something new. Oh, next week is generous. I mean, when our uh, sixth child was born the week before Christmas, um, that child right above her, you remember, was like a bowl in a china shop. You know, this was (laughs) She just did her new Twitter. Did you see it? No. (laughs) Her Twitter handle is at CJ the Blender. Yeah. (laughs) I loved it. Right. We used to call her the blender with the lid off, which is a Jerry Seinfeld joke about toddlers. It was, I'm so jazzed that that's what she chose as her Twitter handle. Yeah, it's awesome. So she, she was, she was a blender with the lid off. That kid, she would, you know, we'd be doing our little time together in the morning and she would smack her head on the coffee table and then there goes 20 minutes because she's crying and screaming. And so that idea that it's going to change, like you need to be fluid. Yeah. So after Christmas, I remember thinking we've got to have the schedule. We got to get school back on track. I've got a newborn. I've got a blender with the lid off. And so I made this schedule. And Fletch, I think we got an hour into the day. And I had to, I was like, eh, not going <laughs> to work. not going to work. Yeah. Um, and we changed things and we changed things. And that was actually the, the year that I went to homeschooling kids mostly in the afternoon while the little ones were asleep. Okay. So you're going to get this kind of layout. Like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to go in with eyes wide open and try it. Yeah. Um, and and it's going to look different for the for your girlfriends who right. also had eight That's kids. Right. Like, hey, it's going to look different in your family than mine. So... But you do want to encourage one another. So what are some of the basics, maybe? Well, absolutely. And here's one of my favorite stories is our close friends at the time also had eight kids and homeschooling them. They were our best friends. And we just do so much together, so much alike. Kids are the same ages, except for the fact that Lisa said, I want to have everybody's schoolwork done for the big kids before the little ones get up in the morning. Well, you know what that means. So she For was... you, it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, she was also getting her kids up at 4.35 in the morning to get schoolwork done. And I hope some of our listeners are absolutely groaning because anytime I tell this story when I'm doing a workshop, people are like, are you kidding me? And that was my response too. I mean, I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that. But she loved it. I mean, they would get up, they'd get all the schoolwork done. And by 7am, they were done with the bulk of the stuff they had to do together. Little kids got up, they went along with their day, you know, older kids could do some independent work, but by and large, they were done with their school day by Mm -hmm. like 11am. I'm just getting started. (laughs) You know, that was the year I went to afternoon schooling. We're still doing school at 4.35 p.m. She thought that was dreadful. So, you know, here we were living sort of parallel lives, and yet what worked for her was very different than what worked for me. And that's okay, you guys. Do that thing that works for you. Hey, you know what? Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more ideas and suggestions. This has been great so far. I got troubles over not today they're gonna wash away they're gonna wash away hey this is fletch and we are having a great summer here in the fletcher house and we hope you are in the middle of a great homeschool break and enjoying just all the things summer has to offer from barbecues to swim parties to beach trips to lake trips to whatever it is your family uh, does to enjoy the summer You know, we are continuing to bring you the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast each and every week through the middle of this summer. And we just want to remind you, our friends, that if you would like to partner with us, head on over to patreon.com slash homeschoolingirl. And we would love for you to sponsor this show so that we could free ourselves from advertisers and just bring you the pure Homeschooling in Real Life podcast that you love. Again, you can sponsor us for a little as a dollar a month or as much as you want. So head on over patreon.com slash homeschooling IRL. You can learn all about sponsorships there and we would love for you to join us. Thanks so much. Have a great summer. 
All right, this is episode 108 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. We're talking about homeschooling multiple ages. Let's bury the scheduling idea. Let's move on to actual brass tacks ideas. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about ways to keep little people busy when they are awake, okay? One of those is to structure your day so that you can include them. And that was how circle time really began for us. I realized that I didn't want to sit there and say, you guys go keep busy, we're doing school. You guys go watch a video, we're doing school. Go on, go find something to do. I really wanted them to be part of what we were doing. So how does that even work, right? Um, And so I, I just began to think about all the things we weren't getting to. We weren't getting to scripture memory. We weren't getting to memorizing things or poetry or writing letters to missionaries or thank you notes to grandparents or whatever it was. Like all these little things that I I thought were so wonderful about being able to homeschool, we weren't getting to them because we were doing the academic stuff. And so I realized that if I pulled everybody together and had a group teaching time that we could get a lot of those wonderful things done together. And it wouldn't matter so much if little ones were interrupting, they could be part of it. And that's how circle time began for us. Now I have, it's kind of become this thing, um, around the, the interwebs called morning basket or morning time. It's the same thing folks. Um, and I'm going to just stick my neck out here and say, I was doing this 10 years ago, calling it circle time. I don't care what you call it or who you're reading, you know, or what, whoever's giving you ideas ideas, do that. It's such a great way to homeschool. So we'd gather those little ones in. I'd give, you know, crayons they wouldn't eat and paper to the little people. And, um, we'd work on things. We'd pray together. We did the entire book of John one time where we would, all those of us who could read would, would, um, go back and forth reading off the passages and the kids would all illustrate what was going on in the story at at the time, you know, or what was going on in the book at the time. And by the time we were done with that whole entire book of John, we did it again for the book of acts and they had these great, like illustrated, a book of acts, you know, that they had done and they were so fun for us all to go back and look at and the little ones participated. So this was, you know, pretty much right after breakfast. You would just kind of pull everybody together. Hey, captive audience. And this is another one, Fletch, where it really depends on your kids, what season you're in, what ages. Because I'll tell you, when our three girls were the youngest in that group, circle times lasted an hour to two hours. When our last two little boys were born, 14 months apart, um, circle time was literally five minutes. I mean, five minutes. It was, you know, Hey guys, let's pray together. Let's pray for our day together. Let me read you one verse and we're out of there. You know, little boys were, (laughs) we're done. Busy busy little guys guys, and still are busy guys. Matter of fact, as we're recording this, I have been watching behind my wife's head, our nine-year-old zoom by on his bicycle. He's doing laps around our house. (laughs) He's got a backpack on. It's some sort of an adventure bike that he's doing. Excellent. Fantastic. Loaded with energy. Yes. So, um, all right. So we have, that's one idea of keeping people busy. Do you have another one? Oh yeah. Lots of, lots of ideas out there and you can search Pinterest for ways to keep preschoolers busy. I have a whole post on this with all kinds of ideas on the preschoolers and peace website. I'll link to that in our show notes on ways to keep little ones busy, but let me just throw some out there and, you know, feel free to throw some in that you remember that we've done with little ones and even our special needs little guy who is like a perpetual preschooler in our home. You know, obvious would be short videos that last 20, 30 minutes. Go for the stuff that makes you feel like they're getting something out of it. You know, signing time, the leapfrog videos, some things like that. Um, We've had table play times where, you know, I love the table because you can strap them into a high chair or a booster seat and give them wiki sticks, which are those little like, uh, you know, wax, waxed, yeah, yarn. waxed yarn, the benderoos yeah. or the wiki sticks. Um, Lori puzzles are those foam piece puzzles that, mm-hmm. you know, they just snap them into place real easily. I love the Lori company um, because they replace missing pieces. So if your home is like ours 
and those things go missing, <laughs> they'll replace them for you. You know, coloring books, lacing cards, weaving looms, all of those things while strapped in at the table. So that's one way to do that. Um, you can divide toys into days. We, we did that right away from the get-go when I was homeschooling that four-year-old. The two-year-old had a little list. On Monday, he'd play with the Duplo. On Tuesday, he'd play with the trains, you know, things like that. So right. then they, the, that train it's something set to look is forward exciting. To. Yeah, yeah it's, it's exciting the same next thing Tuesday. Every day. Sure. Right. Counting and sorting things into muffin tins, um, filling the sink with water and bubbles and letting them, you know, quote-unquote wash things. Be prepared for a wet mess, but that keeps them quite busy. And you actually might get some things washed. <laughs> I can remember process. my mom sending me throughout the house on errands and she would pay me a penny per thing. Oh yeah. Awesome. So go collect socks yeah. throughout the house. <laughs> go collect. You can't and, get them out of drawers though, right? Like No, no. And there's the other one. I remember, well, I do actually remember her doing this. Now we don't, maybe there's some families that still do that, but my mom always wanted hangers oh, yeah. for when she was done ironing. Sure. So she would say, go throughout the house. I'll give you a penny per, per hanger. And, you know, there were times I'd, like, take shirts off hangers and drop them on the floor <laughs> and be like, here's an extra dime. Right. But, you know, that was at a time, and I'm, I'm not using that number, but that was at a time where you could, I could walk down the street to the store and, and really get a pack of gum for 15 cents. Sure. So, Maybe up the ante. Yeah, up the ante and do a something like that. Per. But I can remember doing paid, small paid chores like that. Sure. Um, or, you know, hey, your job is to water every plant outside in a pot, and I'll yeah. give you a nickel per plant. And I'd go out there and water, 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 and flood, 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 flood. But yeah, it was done. And you know what? Those little chores, Fletch, as you and I have learned, when kids grow up in a household where they know chores are part of the deal, they're less likely to buck them when they're older. Now, that doesn't mean our teens are like, yeah, give me my chart. I'm ready to go. But it does mean they're used to working. They're used to being in an environment where they're expected to participate, you know, in the, how the household runs. So, yeah, yeah Absolutely. Many, many more ideas on preschoolers and peace if you're looking for those. All right. So if you think we're just handing out ideas on preschoolers, what about high schoolers? Yeah, I think this is where we get nervous. And I will tell you, we, we uh, graduated our first two entirely privately from our homeschool. Now, our third son uh, graduated from a hybrid homeschool program that was a charter. Um, I know that's a bad word for a lot of homeschoolers. Well, it's funny enough. We're going to be talking about charter schools in just a little while. We're going to have a whole episode dedicated to it. So if that was a funny word to you, keep listening. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, but our first two, we homeschooled entirely privately. Uh, we used Classical Conversations. We used the Biola Tori Academy, which is an online um, homeschool high school program through Biola University. There are others, many others. Patrick Henry. We've used Patrick Henry's. Yep. Right. Patrick Henry College Online has great, you know, classes that homeschoolers can take. And there's many others. I mean, there, there are a lot of other resources, just look for them uh, online. But what I want to say here about these high schoolers is that, you know, they require much more. They require discussion. They require uh, labs for science and you know, some other things like that. Um, this is not an episode about that, but I want to just encourage our listeners to to branch out, find those classes that can really help those high schoolers. Don't let them flounder. I mean, what, where we've seen homeschooling go bad for high school students is when mom says, here's the book, go figure it out, go learn. Yeah. Well, good luck. You know, are staring at a big physics you know, <laughs> no way. textbook going, I don't even know this. Right. Yeah. Okay. So now we have uh, some ideas for little kids, some ideas for the big kids. We're homeschooling through these multiple ages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of our listeners, one thing that has already stood out to me is a lot of our listeners think they have to do so much. Yeah. And so you, you've just taken loads of bricks off people, like get some help, yeah. find some ways to accomplish this, right. find some ways to do this. Um, 
But what, what do we have to say to the mostly homeschooling moms? Um, is there this idea of like, Hey, slow down, take a breath. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to pace yourself. This is a marathon. You know, that old adage, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Stop sprinting. You're going to burn out. You're going to hit a wall so fast uh, with multiple ages and trying to juggle a high schooler, middle schooler, elementary, babies, toddlers, all that stuff. So remember, there's a long haul. What are your goals long term? You know, pace yourself. Give yourself time to breathe. This reminds me of that. The woman we just had on, Lori Lane from Ardios Academies. Right. Her blog is called what? The End in Mind. The End in Mind. Yeah. Begin with the end in mind. Think of what you're trying to accomplish and then reverse engineer that yeah. back to what works for you. Yes. And you know what? Here's the deal. Put down the dang internet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're going to be looking at – we already do that with Pinterest, but homeschool moms, you know what? I've seen this. I've seen wives in tears. I've seen you in tears. Like, I can't yeah. do this. Yeah. Well, guess what? You can't. Right. You know what? You can't. Right. I don't know True. what that picture was you had in your mind. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to happen. Right. So let's go with what you want to accomplish and reverse engineer from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, you, ladies, gents, pause. Give yourself a break. You know, schedule breaks. Um, Fletch is really good. We've talked about this before. You're really good at coming home and seeing, like, you know, my eyes glazed over and my head spinning like, you know, poltergeist. And, and you say, you guys, mom's off. Yeah. She's off. Give, you know, stop asking her questions. Stop. I saw this funny meme on Facebook this week that said, you've heard of the swear jar. I have a mom jar. And every time somebody says mom, they put a dollar in and I, I just today I've collected $3 billion or something like that. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Three billion, you know? And we just started the day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, like that mom, 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 constant mom. Thing. If we're like, being honest too, We've seen a lot of homeschool moms where anger is the issue. Absolutely. Like if you're getting to the point of anger yeah. every day, oh gosh, you know, yeah. you're raising Something's your wrong. kids in the spirit of anger yeah. or in an environment of anger. Yep. That's not the goal. Begin with the end healthy. in mind. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the kids. Those are the homeschool kids that are like, I am out of here. Yeah. And, and we've, had seen, it. we've seen it. I mean, we're seeing websites dedicated to homeschool um, kids who say, no way. That was the worst thing ever. Because they're, they're with depressed, um, fear-driven, exhausted, angry moms. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the best way to, because you know what? No one's going to say that. I'll say that out loud. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen that. I've seen kids that are just like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, the, the thing about social media is you get to see the ugly. Yeah. And people speak about it now where right. they used to not. Right. Um, and can I just say, you need to drop the pride thing and realize that if somebody else on the internet is homeschooling their high schooler privately and it's beautiful and they're doing every single subject and they do labs together and they do art together and they, and they <laughs> awesome. live in a gorgeous environment. Fully for them. Yeah. However, if that's killing you, knock it off. Knock it off. That's healthy for nobody. And, uh, you know, pray and ask God to show you exactly what's going to be the better thing for your student and let it go. Guess what? Homeschooling is not about you. Yeah. So where does that leave us? Uh, we've talked about the fact that you can do this. Yeah. Here are some ideas. Here's some tricks for preschoolers and home and, uh, high schoolers. Yep. Um, Schedule out some things, uh, pace yourself, uh, learn to pause. Yeah. What else? And I would say at the very beginning, the one thing I missed saying at the, at the you know, right at the beginning, of all of this is you've got to be praying. I mean, you've, it's got to be more than 
oh my gosh, Lord, help me to survive this day. (laughs) Those were a lot of my prayers. First thing in the morning, I'd be like, oh, how am I going to do this? But, you know, really actually putting the the year to prayer because, um, man, if you've got this idea in your head of how things are supposed to look, I guarantee you, you will be ready to throw in the towel by October. All right. Now I want to swoop in here, dads. Um, Here's where you play this role. Um, You need to come up with a homeschool plan with your wife, okay? So if you're a normal married couple and you're going into the homeschool year and mom's going to do the homeschooling and dad's going to be supportive of it because he's got a job, uh, I'm not talking about the single-parent homes. I'm not talking about the homes where the mom's like, I'm going to try homeschooling. My husband doesn't want me to do this. Yeah. I'm talking about those that are, you're into it. This is the plan. We're doing this. Uh, Dads, choose a time, I think in the summer, and I think in the early summer or the springtime, to plan the next year. Now, we used to do this all the time. It seems to me we'd say, like, all right, here's where we're heading. Yeah. This is the curriculum we're going to use. And for us, it was super complicated because it was eight kids. So we're going to do this, 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 and this is how we're going to do it. And here's how I laid out. Hey, guys, you know your wife, okay? And sometimes you need to speak up to these um, wives that are biting off more than they can chew and go, mm, I don't, this just doesn't. This whole thing doesn't sound right. I, yeah. It sounds like I'm going to get a tired, angry wife every night. Or it sounds like <laughs> you, know, right. you're, you really have great aspirations. Can we pull this back? Or on the flip side, hey, I'm seeing a lot of fun. <laughs> Can we add a little bit more structure to yeah. this? Uh, it sounds like you have no plan whatsoever. Yeah. And your chalk art was fantastic, yeah. <laughs> but nobody knows how to read. And you're yeah. going to get to December and be like, oh, we really haven't done any math yet. Right. You know, so... Um, I'm not saying that's the dad's job. He's not the keel of the boat. But you together are the keel of the boat to keep it upright and to keep it sailing in the right direction. Did I just use a sailing reference? Man, where did that come from? Wow. But here's the reality, Fletch, too, of that. Even if it's not your husband, even if it's a close friend, a parent, you know, somebody who has some sort of a view into your life. As homeschooling moms, we have this tiny little myopic view. You know, we see things from the schoolroom or from the kitchen. <laughs> you know, we see what's going on um, in this because we're in the middle of the storm. We're in the eye of the storm. So that's what we see. And so here I am saying like, oh, I think we're going to do karate this this year. We're going to put that in there and then we're going to go do this thing. And, and you're looking at the gigantic picture from outside of the eye of the storm and you're saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, Kenj. This is what, really like you really want to add that in. This is and there have been so many times where you saved me from some really bad decisions because you're looking at the big picture and I'm thinking, oh right, you're right. That that would be a bad idea. Yeah. So homeschool dads, um, open your eyes, speak up, and uh, be a part of that. Um, all right. So I think that pretty much covers what we wanted to cover in homeschooling through the ages. It does. And I think that we could have, you know, I could have gone on and on and on in any one of the categories we talked about, but as an overview for homeschooling multiple ages, yeah, start there, give yourself a skeleton, make sure you're pacing yourself. And if you want to get on the Googs, go over to the Preschoolers and Peace website and there's a ton more info there. Oh yeah. That whole site is dedicated to homeschoolers who are trying to homeschool multiple ages. Thanks, Fletch, for talking about this with me, because I know a lot of our listeners have been waiting for an episode talking about how you do all that. All right. So we said some things that were toe-steppy today. Uh, we challenged homeschool dads. We told moms to mellow out. Uh, <laughs> we told them to just chill. And you know, we actually told the 
possibly the unschoolers to get a plan and yep. kind of come up with something. So we could have rattled a few cages. If they want to get back to us, they can email us, info at homeschoolingirl.com, Facebook us, facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl. And, of course, we love to live in the world of Twitter, um, and that's at homeschoolirl. Uh, if you'd like to uh, learn more about this topic uh, from Kendra specifically, um, you can tweet to her at Kendra E. Fletcher or go on over to her website and blog. It's preschoolersandpeace.com. If you want to ask me questions, it's at the Mango Times on Twitter. Uh, but I'm going to just refer you over to Kendra. so that I'll just try and save that step for you. You don't actually have to do that. But you can follow me there <laughs> where you'll see wonderful pictures of all of Kendra's good food, fresh fruit off the trees, and lovely dogs. Hey, uh, we hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, you know, that's just us being honest. Yeah, about... we probably could have gotten better guests. Yeah. Fletch, but... <laughs> you know, sometimes when we record our show, we just grab who we have. Yes, true. And when you and, and I are sitting in front of our mics, right. it was us that time. <laughs> um, you know, if you want to reach out to us and talk to us more about what we said in this episode or just about what's coming up in the next season, the easiest thing to do is to go to homeschoolingirl.com. All of our information is there. And again, we want to thank you for listening uh, through this down season while we get ready for another huge season of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com.